Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the Kaijin Digital Insights webinar on how to scale up comprehensive genomic profiling and deliver confident variant interpretations. My name is Mary Ann. I'm the Global Campaign Manager for Kaijin Digital Insights, and I'll be your host and moderator for today. Before we get started, just a few housekeeping rules to go over. During today's session, all attendees will be in listen-only mode to avoid any background noise during the presentation. If you have any questions for the presenter, let us know in the Ask Questions panel on the left side of the screen. We will address the questions during a Q&A at the end, and if there are any questions that we're not able to get to, we'll follow up with you by email after the webinar. Now, before we get started, I'd like to introduce our speaker for today, Dr. Uma Thurmurthy. Uma is the Associate Director of Global Product Management for Somatic Oncology at Kaijin Digital Insights. She has a PhD in cancer biology from the UTHSC MD Anderson Cancer Center and a master's in molecular biotechnology from Wayne State University. So, Uma, thank you for joining us today, and I'll now hand the presentation over to you. Thanks, Minian, for that nice um, introduction, and thank you all for joining us today. I'll be talking to you about how you can scale your comprehensive genomic profiling and variant interpretation using QCI Interpret for Oncology. Again, a legal disclaimer, QCI Interpret 1 is an evidence-based decision support software, and it does not provide any medical services, and it's used only for report generation. Okay, if I ask you a question on what are you using for accurate variant classification, interpretation, and reporting, but these are some of the common resources that I would expect one to use for variant classification. They can be free or paid public or external databases or knowledge bases, PubMed literature searches, and other clinical decision support tools. We are all aware that all of these above resources comes with pitfalls such as time conception, lack of consistency, and variability. So what makes clinical decision support and interpretation important? Clinical decision support has now become ever so important now that the next generation sequencing has become a common practice in the field of somatic oncology. And we are continuing to see bigger and better panels ranging from comprehensive cancer panels to whole exome and whole genome sequencing. As the number of genes increases, the number of variants detected also increases exponentially, and hence the burden of variant classification and interpretation has grown with it. With these large number of variants that you are seeing, it becomes critical for the lab directors and the variant scientists to efficiently prioritize and more importantly, distinguish between variants that are truly clinically significant and variants of unknown significance. In order to do so, the lab requires a variety of information that is constantly evolving and expanding, such as clinical guidelines, new drug approvals, published literature on you know, clinical or preclinical studies. So it is very important for a lab to have a streamlined and time-efficient process for consistent and reproducible variant interpretation uh, that follows the AMP and ACMG guidelines, as well as keeping up with the turnaround time, and more importantly, a workflow that is scale-up friendly. Okay, so the, the other reason why clinical decision support and interpretation is important is that Although the number of treatment options available for patients have grown exponentially over time, but only a small percentage of cases on the left-hand side of the screen that you see here, about 16% of the cases actually qualifies for an approved biomarker therapy. And then you have this 21% of the cases that have no approved therapy. So now looking at over 100,000 um, cases, Kyogen has reported out in the last eight years. You can see from this graph here that, you know, a chunk of the cases lie in this peak of the curve here that do not have an approved therapy in that indication for that variant. But 
they are eligible for clinical trials or off-label therapy. These 63% of the cases are the ones with the most important critical need for clinical interpretation because in these cases, just the identification of the variant is not sufficient to support a clinical decision. In order for the physicians to make the right treatment decision for the patients, they'll need to know if there is evidence for a specific variant, if a variant is actionable, if it's likely to predict sensitivity or resistance to a therapy, and if so, what is the level of evidence to support the use of therapy in that disease, and what clinical trials are available for that patient. As I had alluded to previously, with the increasing panel size and the number of variants that will need such assessment, you are looking at an absolute time sink. Now, this is where QCI interpret for oncology can help. Moreover, I do want to point out there is also an emotional impact associated with increased complexity of variant interpretation. Genome Web released a survey of molecular pathologists in November of 2020, where they had surveyed individuals involved in NGS sequencing on how confident they are in making the right interpretation decisions. When asked, over 45% of the molecular pathologists expressed lower levels of confidence that the lab is making the right interpretation decision for their patients. This again reiterates the importance of having an extremely competent and proficient clinical decision and interpretation system that enables you to make accurate and confident interpretation decisions for your patients, again, in a time-efficient manner. Enter Kyogen Clinical Insight or QCI Interpret for Oncology. QCI Interpret for Oncology is a decision support software that combines automation and manual curation to deliver augmented molecular intelligence. What that means is that the software assesses a large knowledge base of scientific information that is manually curated, and more importantly, that is up-to-date and accurate and applies automation to help lab to quickly prioritize and classify the variants according to the ACMG and AMP guidelines and hence interpret these variants at scale. The software also pre-selects variants for reporting and matches the molecular profile of the patient with appropriate therapies and clinical trials. What all this uh, relates to is that you essentially are looking at reduced turnaround times and enhanced scalability. Because of all these three things that uh, QCI Interpret for Oncology can do, you can interpret your variants confidently, reproducibly, and more importantly, in a time-efficient manner. One of the key things to note here is also that QCI Interpret for Oncology provides report-ready, oncologist-reviewed content in a matter of minutes. The users can generate report for tests, including large panels in a matter of minutes, while accessing expert curated and up-to-date information that underlies an automated and standardized ACNG and AMP classification. The platform also provides full transparency to all the evidence that is utilized to support the classification by having references in all relevant places. And also the users have the flexibility to edit the content and also design customized reports. I want to talk about where all this information that feeds into QCI Interpret 1 is coming from. QCI Interpret for Oncology is powered by the Kyogen KB, which contains a world-leading combination of genomic information and clinical knowledge. The Kyogen KB has been growing over the past 20 years or so, and it continues to do so. And it hosts information that are curated by our brilliant team of PhD scientists, engineers, and on uh, ontologists. So the Kyogen KB utilizes both artificial intelligence and natural language processing to help identify and prioritize all the literature that is curated by the scientists. But the scientists essentially read the papers, extract and curate the information from the text, figures, supplemental information, and use standard curation protocols to store the data in a structured format in the knowledge base. To point out, the knowledge base also includes 
comprehensive information from drug labels, uh, including the FDA, EMA, PMDA, et cetera, and also various guidelines such as NCCN and ESMO. The knowledge base also incorporates data from more than 25 plus public databases, including Cosmic, Nomad, ClinVar, clinicaltrials.gov, et cetera. So what you're looking at is a really comprehensive database that is underlying all the interpretations, classifications that goes into QCI Interpret for Oncology. Again, as I had mentioned before, QCI Interpret for Oncology provides access to expert interpretation service that is powered by NF1 to access port-ready oncologist-reviewed variant interpretive comments for confident decision making. As I had mentioned earlier, again, every piece of information in the expert interpretation comments is backed with references. And this expert interpretation content has been assembled for nearly 15 years of manual curation and clinical interpretation by full-time dedicated PhD level and MD level scientists. So QCI Interpret for Oncology provides report-ready variant and disease-specific information or summaries for all kinds of variants in SNVs, indels, fusions, and also for various biomarkers such as MSI, TMV, loss of heterozygosity, HRD, etc. And all the variants are described specifically in terms of their molecular and functional impact and are classified according to the AMP guidelines. And the variant and disease-specific clinical evidence encompasses therapeutic, diagnostic, and prognostic significance. Again, all this information is reviewed and approved by a team of practicing medical oncologists. Moreover, we also include information on the significance of co-occurring mutations, which we all know plays a critical role when it comes to patient treatment. As of today, we have over 500,000 patient cases that have been interpreted with more than 350,000 unique somatic variants across over 1,000 different cancer types that includes both heme and solid tumors. So how does QCI Interpret 1 fit into the overall process of the clinical reporting workflow that starts with the sequencing of the patient sample and ends with the patient report? Followed by uh, sequencing the output from either Kyogen's secondary analysis pipeline or from any other secondary analysis platform can be used as input directly into the QCI uh, interpret for oncology. The user can either manually upload the VCFs via the user interface or they can do so through an API in an automated and batch mode. And the process can be fully automated from VCF to report, or the users can actually intervene to review the information at any point in this process. So you will also have an option to use Kyogen's default report template, or we can customize these reports as per your requirements. We also have an option to deliver an XML that you can use to generate your own reports. Overall, QCI Interpret for Oncology provides a very flexible solution that can be integrated into your pipelines. In the next few slides, what I would like to show you is how one can efficiently prioritize the variants, browse through all the good information and relevant references that are available for you at your fingertips as needed, and finally generate a sample report. QCI Interpret for Oncology helps you to confidently interpret variants and ultimately create customizable reports within minutes in three simple steps. The first one, the system will automatically prioritize and pre-select clinically relevant variants and drugs and trials for reporting. As in the second step, the user can review the variants, review the classification uh, or computed by the system, view all the underlying data and the criteria used for classification. They can either agree with the computer classification or modify the classification as um, needed. And also in the process, confidently distinguish between variants that are clinically relevant versus variants that are unknown significance. And in the third and final step, 
You can generate a report that includes expertly summarized variant and disease specific comments or expert interpretive comments. Remember, these comments are oncologists reviewed. Again, there is this added flexibility for the user to modify these comments as they see fit. Since we are providing you with the pre-written expert interpretive comments, it saves time so you don't have to spend time writing a variant level summaries or any other details related to the variant. Okay, so when you upload samples either through the API or manually through the UI, on this page, the user will be able to flat test or add comments and review the status. You can see if it's in review or if it's in pending or if it is failed. So you, you would be able to see the status of the case under the state column here, and you can see the date on which the case had come in through the system and you can sort or filter this column as well. And right off the bat, the test list page enables you to effectively manage the cases and also like communicate effectively between different members in the group. Let's say you flagged a case, um, you can add a note for a specific user, you know, on some details on the case that, you know, if it needs to be rerun or anything like that. And then when you click on a, on a case in the test list page and enter a case in the QCR user interface, you will land on what we call as the variant list page. On the top left-hand corner of the screen, you can see the user inputted disease phenotype. So in this case, it's a colon adenocarcinoma. On this page, you can also get a quick overview of the mutational profile of this patient case. And you can see that many of the variants have been pre-selected to be reported uh, based on your filter settings. Again, so if you want to know what your filter settings are or where the variants are being filtered out, all you have to do is click on the filter settings and click on this number here to see your filter settings and also the variants at different levels of this filter cascade. And in this case, you can clearly see that in the VCF, you had started with over you know, 29,000 variants, but the number of variants that you end up with after going through these different steps in the filter cascade are 166 uh, variants. And each row in this table represents an alteration and the alterations are color coded to represent the QCI computed pathogenicity for an alteration for easy visualization purpose. For example, pathogenic variants are in red Likely pathogenic variants are in pink and gray, gray represents variants of unknown significance. If you do have your filter setting set up in a way that would let benign or likely benign variants to flow through, you, know, you would be able to see those here as well. And they would be colored in like different shades of green. And each variant tile here represents a wealth of information. For example, you can see the computed actionability on the top left-hand corner of the variant tile. So for example, here, microsatellite in instable uh, biomarker has classification of tier 1A, which, which is because it has an FDA approved drug. And icon E indicates that there is an expert interpretation available for that variant, and that can be retrieved by submitting the test uh, for expert interpretation in a, a click of a button, and I'll show you that in a bit. CT indicates that the alteration or gene has relevant clinical trials available in that specific patient's cancer type. R indicates that the alteration may confer resistance to any approved treatments for any cancer type. S indicates that the alteration confers sensitivity to approved therapies for any cancer. And then P indicates that there is prognostic information available for the uh, patient um, cancer type. And if, if you see these yellow um, exclamation marks, it indicates that the alteration has conflicting pathogenicity evidence, meaning at least one pathogenic and one benign criteria has been uh, applied in the computer classification. On the right-hand side of the screen right here, 
when you click on the view settings tab, you can restrict or expand the variants that appear on the screen by checking the appropriate boxes. Like if you want to first focus on SNVs and indels, you could just check this box and look at only the SNV and indel variants that you have in that test. And you can also select variants or prioritize variants based on actionability if need be. And I want to draw your attention to the the triage mode here. So turning on this triage mode allows the user to set or save the pathogenicity, actionability, uh, and portability assessments, and also add assessment node in this page instead of having to go to the variant details page. Again, this is extremely useful when you are looking at a large panel, you have a number of variants to sift through. And to point out here again, the user has full control to modify any of these assessments if they disagree with the computed classification. So as a part of the filter settings, if you have a really noisy um, case that where you have a number of copy number changes, gains or losses that are you know, flowing through your filter and you want to narrow it down uh, to eliminate noise and to focus on what's uh, truly relevant uh, for the case. So as a part of the uh, filter settings, you have this capability now to apply either copy number or full change thresholds for copy number gains and losses and also read depth for fusion. So if you're looking at an extremely noisy case, you should be able to reduce the no or reduce or minimize the noise by um, setting these uh, filter thresholds for structural variants such as fusions and copy number changes. Okay, so now what you're looking at on the screen is the variant details page. So variant details page has all the information that contributes to the computer actionability and pathogenicity classifications that are provided in a clear and easy to access manner as you can see here on the screen. Under the assessment section, you can see the various criteria that is applied and also you can see the evidence and when you click on the number under the evidence column it will take you to the references that are you know contributing to triggering that criteria and also if you see here in the references or the bibliography uh, section the nlp text here describes the relevant information for the variant derived from the reference. The user also has you know, access to relevant links, um, such as the, the drug label for that drug. And similarly, you can also access other references that might be contributing to uh, the classification. And all of these references have NLP-derived content, which gives you a concise summary of how and where the variant um, is being talked to in that reference. And also similarly for pathogenicity um, classification, you have the relevant references and the criteria that were uh, triggered based on those references as well. And you can see the strength of the, uh, of the uh, Criterion. Also in the variant details page, under the effect on protein section, you can see that the transcript is now being tagged with the main select identifier. So in QCI, now main select transcripts are the default um, select transcripts unless the user has specified their own preferred transcripts that is not main select, then that would take precedence. Otherwise, if no preferred transcripts are defined, QCI would default to main select as, uh, you know, as the preferred transcript. And also this uh, information as to what transcript is being used for a gene is also visible in the variant directory page. 
which is essentially a repository of all the variants that has been seen through your lab or group. So the combination of all the information from the college and knowledge base and um, expert assessment enables one to confidently distinguish variants of unknown significance and from those that might have clinical significance. So to give get a good synopsis or a quick synopsis of that is if you hover over this gain or you know in in some cases if it might be lost. So but if you uh, hover over that. Um, there should be a quick and short summary of the variant. What is the functional consequence? Is it activating or inactivating, etc.? And for small nucleotide variants and splice variants, in the variant details page, you also have information on computer classification and biochemical impact from these various uh, prediction tools that you see here. So you have the manual input and you also have the supplementary information of uh, the various prediction tools that might be applicable in assessing a function of a variant. On the variant details page, you will also see therapies or treatment information and the sources where such treatment information are coming from, like here. And similarly, you also have trial information that you can uh, look through and choose to report as needed. So what this red line across this paper symbol indicates that is that these trials or treatments are not reported automatically by the system, but you have the flexibility of clicking on that and making that reportable. Now, finally, this is the review and uh, report page. This is where you make sure that, you know, all the variant information that you chose to report looks right. And as I had mentioned before, in the expert interpretation column, it tells you what variants are eligible for expert interpretation. So these arrow symbols indicate that these two biomarkers are eligible for expert interpretation. You will see a black dot here if variants are not eligible for expert interpretation. And when you click on um, submit for expert interpretation, that will retrieve the expert interpretation um, summary or comments for whatever variants that you choose to report out. And to give you an idea of what an expert interpretation summary looks like, you have uh, the clinical relevance, disease summary, molecular function of the variant, um, and also you know, diagnostic or prognostic significance, if there is drug resistance, sensitivity, and approved drugs if there are any, and all the other information for any drugs that might be in different stages of the clinical um, development. To point out here is this is the default expert interpretation comment section, but you also have the flexibility to make it shorter and more concise if that's what you would want. Again, total flexibility here. So the end result, from QCI Interpret for Oncology is a fully customizable report with relevant information, as you can see here, including ACMG, pathogenicity, AMP actionability, relevant drugs, trials, and prognostic information, if relevant. And what you're looking at here is the front page of the report. The therapy is approved in a patient's cancer type or indication or displayed in uh, approved treatments. Uh, while off-label therapies are shown in the other findings column. Again, you know, this is totally customizable. You can customize these reports to uh, make these headers say what you want to say. And there is also a summary of clinical trials that may be available for that patient. And we also have information for like biomarkers such as tumor mutation burden or microsatellite instability, as you can see here. So this is what the expert interpretation summary for microsatellite instable content looks like. We can accommodate biomarkers, uh, you know, such as DMB, MSI, HRD, etc. In the example that I'm showing here, you see it's for biomarkers DMB uh, high 
and MSI high both have tier 1A because of pembrolizumab, which is approved for solid tumors with high DMB or MSI. And in the clinical trials um, section, clinical trials are listed according to the different phases of the trials. And with the um, NCT IDs, and NCT IDs are hyperlinked, and you can click them to go to the clinicaltrials.gov site. Okay, I want to draw your attention to some of the features that QCI has that enable seamless communication, especially between like different members uh, within the group. Uh, this helps save time, improve coordination, and avoid confusion. So let's say, for example, a variant scientist has worked through a case and, and the case is now ready for a lab director, a pathologist to take a look at and sign out. There's this ability to assign a case saying that, OK, it, it needs approval to a specific lab director or a pathologist as need be. So this avoids, you know, multiple people accidentally working on um, a same case simultaneously. And also in the variant list page, there is a capability to set verification status. For example, let's say there is a variant that is pending confirmation by RNA or other, other methods, the user will be able to click on this verification note settings and add a note um, that says, you know, confirmation has started, whatever, you know, there are various uh, verification status and you can use one that is appropriate for you. So this lets the lab director or pathologist who's next in line uh, to the variant scientist to be indicated that, you know, there is some uh, verification or some uh, some assay that might be pending for a variant in this case. And this verification note will be available to all users in a group. So anyone within your group should be uh, able to see that. So once you uh, add a verification note, you have this V symbol that is added to the variant tile. And QCI also um, has the ability to attach ancillary documents such as like, you know, quality control reports or any other relevant material for a case. And you can do so by uploading uh, such materials when a case is uploaded through the API. Okay, and these uploaded files are available for the user to view when they are working on a case by clicking on this button, you can access whatever documents that you had uploaded. You can also add link outs to other systems that you might be working with within your organization, such as LIMS or any other uh, internal systems that you might have. And again, when you click open this folder like symbol, um, the link will be available readily uh, to access if needed when you are working on a case. In the variant list page, we have this reportability status that says not reportable, this test only. Um, and this is extremely useful when for a certain reason uh, that you would want to report or not report uh, a variant um, only in this case. For example, in this case, if you're looking at the NRAS Q61K, which we all know it's reportable, it's pathogenic, but you know maybe... Uh, the QC failed on this variant or the VAF is below a certain cutoff and you don't want to report that variant only in this case. So you should be able to do that by clicking not reportable um, this test only. The good thing about it is this decision is relevant only to the current case that you're working on. So if you see an uh, NRAS Q61K, in a subsequent case, this will not carry through and it will be reported as usual. We also have disease context reference added to all the PubMed articles. What this does is it allows users to filter and narrow down the publications to the ones that are really relevant to uh, the patient tumor type. For example, in the screenshot here, you can see that there are 134 references for this particular PIK3CA variant. And then if, let's say, if I check this box that says show only phenotype 
related references, and you can see that the number has come down from 134 to 16. So the user can now focus on the 16 publications, which are most relevant to the phenotype of the patient that they're looking at now, without having to sift through the 134 references to find the most relevant ones. Again, all these features that I've talked about to this point really helps a user to save time that they spend on a case within QCI Interpret for Oncology and also have clear and structured communication between different users within our organization. I want to talk a little bit about how QCI Interpret for Oncology can be used for um, easy and convenient report revisions. We all know that as much as we want to avoid them, errors still do occur in the clinical reporting process. For example, you know there might be typos in the patient uh, demographic details, such as name, age, et cetera. Or there might be errors uh, in the lab uh, leading to sample swaps and incorrect diagnosis entries, et cetera. What happens um, oftentimes is that these errors are caught after the reports are signed out. And um, for in order to uh, resolve that, errors need to be um, corrected and revised reports will need to be um, issued. The common practice of issuing re uh, report revisions uh, involves like, you know, attaching a cover letter and um, uh, adding uh, relevant notes as applicable um, and um, explaining what the what is uh, what was corrected in the in the report before signing out a, a revised report. So with QCI, uh, we have this report revisioning feature that allows customers to issue revised reports of the original signed out cases that had you know um, errors in them after fixing the errors without. Uh, having the need to read on the samples in certain scenarios. I'll get into uh, what scenarios are not covered in a bit. Um, and conveniently, these report, uh, re revised reports show a revision label on the front of the report PDF. And also, um, as I mentioned, uh, users can add comments um, to indicate what was um, corrected uh, in that case. And with this, using this capability, the users can actually reopen a previously signed out report for just reviewing purposes. Like if you're handling heme cases, you want to see, um, uh, you know, you want to see what the mutational profile was um, present in a in an, a previous sample from the same patient. So you can uh, utilize this report revision functionality to do that. Um, as well. If you are interested in learning more, uh, please do uh, uh, reach out uh, to us for a complimentary uh, demo. And I want to get into a little bit uh, on the types of uh, revisions. These three types of revisions are, or revision um, labels are, um, you know, commonly used in the field. Addendum um, refers to, you know, uh, a scenario when there is no change in patient data, the diagnosis is unchanged, but, you know, you would want to include um, results for confirmatory tests that were pending at this time of, uh, you know, uh, signing out initial report. But now you have those results available and you want to include that um, as a part of your report. For example, you know, if, if you are waiting for confirmation of an outfusion um, in a lung cancer test by uh, FISH, um, or IHC, um, and now those results are available, you should be able to uh, issue an addended report uh, with adding these additional um, test results that are available now. Um, and you can addend a report from the API um, and the UI. And a, re a report amendments um, happens when there is new or updated uh, patient data, meaning, you know, there is uh, a patient name has been misspelled or their gender has been um, entered wrongly. So you should be able to uh, correct that and issue a report um, amendment. Uh, this can be done only through the API because, you know, uh, there, there needs to be communication between uh, QCI and LIMS in those, uh, and your LIMS system in these situations. And the third 
type of revision is a correction. This happens when there is, you know, a new patient data or new diagnosis due to sample uh, mix-up. Um, and for this scenario, you will need to read on the sample because it's a different, uh, either a new VCF for that patient or it's a different diagnosis for that um, patient. And on top of this, we uh, there is flexibility to for users to add their own custom labels um, as uh, applicable. Like if you don't want to use any of these three um, commonly used revision terms, and um, you know you are um, able to add any other custom labels as well. So after a case is um, signed out, like here, you can see that uh, the state of the case is final, meaning that it's been um, signed out. Um, there is an addend report uh, button that allows user to create a copy of this signed out um, test. So when you're when you click that button, it'll ask you if you want to rename um, the. Um, the uh, accession ID or the name for that um, test. And you can also add an optional note here. So once you create an addendum, um, you can see that um, the original test from which this addendum was created is linked to the new uh, you know, uh, case. And you can always click on this original test link here to go to the uh, prior case from which this addendum uh, was generated. And also in the test list page, you, you will be able to see this addended label saying that you know this uh, test is an addended uh, report. Okay, I, I wanna give you an example of how one can use the report revision feature. Now I have a case that I have signed out um, and I have reported these 12 variants as variants of unknown significance. But let's say that I don't want, now I don't want to report these two poll variants um, as VUS. Oh, do you, you know, for various um, uh, reasons. So now I'll go ahead and create an addendum. And as you can see, uh, there is an addendum label created for that case here. And in the user interface, you can clearly see that this is an um, addendum. And what I, what I uh, will do is I am going to make these uh, poll variants that I do not want to report out. Um, in this particular test as not reportable this test only um or you know if you're sure that you don't you don't want to see those uh, see any variants reported out at all in any of this test you can just select not reportable um so when you when i do that you can see that you see a red um slash on the page icon here meaning that these two variants will not be reported now um, and then, as I had mentioned, when you go to the review and report page, you'll still have access to the original test from which this um, addendum was created. And then I'm signing out the case. Again, this is where one would enter comments as to what was done or what was corrected um, uh, related to the initial signed out case. So I'm, I'm just writing a note that I've removed the uh, whole uh, variance. And then, so now you have your PDF. You can see here that the attended label um, is added. And also in the uh, variance section, you uh, the poll variants that are removed and you, we have only um, 10 variants of unknown um, significance. And also for um, enhanced uh, convenience, like let's say if you have a test that is not signed out yet, but you do want to add a label, or some sort of a label uh, to a report, you should be able to do so by clicking um, the label report button in the review and report page. You can use a sort of envision using it uh, in cases like where you want to indicate that um, it's a prelim report 
um, and pending confirmation or, you know, any other uh, labels that you might want to add. And when you click this button, you know, you can use either one of these default labels if need be, or you can create a custom label. This is where you would say prelim or pending confirmation or, you know, um, uh, validation set or anything like that. Or, you know, if you don't want to add any label, you don't have to do anything. Um, or you can just click no report revision label. Okay, what, um, so the QCI team is constantly working on new enhancements and features to make the tool uh, better and uh, with the intention of helping out, um, uh, helping customers address their pain points, um, uh, make the workflow uh, better for any reason it might be. Um, and you can see the different improvements that we have made um, over time. And I just want to give you a preview of what's coming in the next release. So we we have uh, co-occurring variants for oncology. So as I'd mentioned, so there is information for co-occurring um, uh, variants in the expert interpretation comments. But what we are doing as a part of this enhancement is for the users to uh, visualize these co-occurring uh, mutations or variants within the user interface. So they are alerted to uh, even prior to getting that information on um, significance of co-occurring uh, mutations. So it should be very evident in the app uh, if there are two conflicting mutations that might affect treatment decisions or it might affect you know, diagnosis or prognosis for a uh, patient. We are also enhancing uh, the uh, report um, test prioritization and workflow process by adding test due dates. So uh, the users will be uh, able to set due dates for the cases um, and also, uh, you know, prioritize the cases that have, um, you know, that are due sooner rather than later. And we are. Uh, improving the assessment of variants, especially when you have a, a lot of variants to go through in the variant list page, we will be in having this bulk assessment capabilities where the user can select multiple variants at a time that they want to apply a particular assessment to. Um, and also we have uh, improved test management and audit log APIs where you can um, look at um, the various actions or the time spent in a case, for example, uh, for audit purposes. And we will also have new diagnosis, um, agnostic um, reporting policy where a pathogenicity of a variant will be applied in a, a cancer agnostic uh, way. And besides, these are the main uh, improvements, but we have many, many more enhancements. Even if it is small, they uh, would... Um, considerably improve the user experience and uh, save uh, user uh, save the time uh, user spends on a case. On that uh, note, um, I want to give a, a couple of pieces of information from uh, that came in from our current uh, QCI users. Uh, one institution that uses uh, QCI Interpret 1, compare the amount of time it took the analysis to process cases um, in a 523 gene panel um, using QCI Interpret for Oncology compared to their current system that they're using. And what they found was that using QCI Interpret for Oncology reduced their analysis time by 85%, allowing them to process cases in approximately an hour compared to 6.5 hours that it took them uh, with their uh, you know, older um, system. And the prioritization uh, of variants provided by QCI Interpret 1 um, has been validated um, uh, to have a consensus in the, uh, in the field. Um, and this was this study was published in the Journal of Molecular, um, pathology, you have the reference here in this study, um, eight independent laboratories 
submitted VCF files for um, analysis. You can see the distribution of the tumor types uh, for those VCFs, and you can also see the number of uh, variants in those uh, uh, VCFs. Um, so the VCFs were analyzed using QCI or any uh, other independent methods. And the discrepancies uh, between these two di uh, different methods were evaluated by an expert panel uh, com that were composed of participants nominated by uh, the laboratories. And the study found that there were greater disagreement between the um, scientists or the human, uh, you know, um, expert reviewers than between QCI and experts. And 28% of the variant classification deferred among the human, um, uh, among different reviewers, while the classifications presented by QCI was in agreement with the expert panel in 91% of the uh, cases. And the uh, cherry on top uh, um, for Q with respect to QCI is that the Danish Genome Center has chosen QCI interpret for oncology as their variant interpretation um, software. So Denmark is one of the first countries in the world to implement a whole genome sequencing as a standard of care for oncology at a national um, level. And this national initiative requires institutional and technological infrastructure to support, uh, you know, a genomic mapping of the population. And the challenge, one of uh, one of the main challenges, was that the human data, genomic data, is not allowed to leave uh, Denmark. So local data residency is a um, strict requirement. Um, and also, uh, the other challenges that we all know about is the variability in NGS solution across different um, um, sites. And hence, there is this need for uh, flexibility for, uh, you know, uh, for different users uh, to accommodate different diseases and uh, different NGS uh, instruments. So what we did to address these challenges was uh, that we have a dedicated Kyogen data center in Denmark and access to QCI uh, interpret one or uh, QCI interpret for oncology is via secured connection and uh, reporting settings are configured for their specific testing needs and there's always you know local um, support and services from the Kyogen uh, bioinformatics team um, as needed. So to summarize, what can you expect with Kyogen as your partner for oncology solutions from uh, FASTQ through interpretation to report? Kyogen inter uh, Interpret for Oncology provides you an agnostic um, tertiary solutions for, uh, platform that is compatible with any secondary analysis pipeline, and it rapidly helps identify targetable alterations from any panels. It's again, it's plat uh, platform or panel agnostic um, and provides evidence-based uh, prioritization, classification on label and off-label treatment strategies, along with adhering to ACMG and AMP um, guidelines. It covers a, a variety of variants from SNVs, CNVs, fusions, indels, uh, and biomarkers such as um, TMB, MSI, HRD. Um, I, we can help you at, there, there's help um, at every stage of your workflow to configure your test, to customize your reports um, according to your requirements. And there's support from all the information that is coming uh, into QCI Interpret 1, as I had mentioned earlier, is are, uh, supported by PhD level scientists that co consult with oncologists. Um, and we have, we work according to a, a quality management um, system and we have highly trained uh, processes and SOPs associated with them. And again, to recap, QCI Interpret for Oncology is supported by the Kyogen um, knowledge base and our team of experts are 
committed to com uh, keeping the information up to date and accurate, uh, along with maintaining high level of transparency with easy access to um, any references associated with the um, information. So you can confidently deliver what uh, the results that you need to. Okay, so what are you waiting for? You can try our QCI interpret uh, for oncology or precision insights uh, by scheduling a complimentary and personalized uh, demonstration. Uh, we can use your data or we can use our uh, demo data to show you all the uh, wonderful things that QCI interpret can do for you um, in the clinical reporting process. Thank you for listening and I'm happy to take any um, questions. Thank you, Uma, for the great presentation. So now we still have a little bit of time to take some questions. So if you have any questions for Uma, please put them in the question panel on the left side of your screen. So the first question that we've gotten in is, can you integrate the results into a local limb system? Yes, absolutely. We can um, uh, incorporate, uh, integrate uh, QCI interpret uh, for oncology with your um, LIMS um, system. Okay. Next up is, is it possible to configure the final report? Yes, uh, the report is absolutely customizable. I, again, as I mentioned, both the format of the report, the style of the reports, um, and also the content. Like if you want a shorter and more concise expert interpretation comments, you can um, do so. So everything is totally customizable according to your um, needs and our services team would work with you to uh, get that uh, done for you. Okay, thank you. The next question we have is, can you refresh your reports if a variant interpretation changes in the future? And can you inform the patient's pathologist? That's a great question. So it, it, uh, I, that's related to uh, the report revisioning feature that I talked about. Yes, let's say if there is a variant for which there was no approved drug at the time, the report was signed out, but now there has been a recent approval and it's the only approval for that uh, variant in that cancer type. And obviously that would greatly help um, how the patient is treated. You can use the report revisioning workflow um, to report out the newly approved drug for that variant and issue a revised report uh, that would be sent to oncologists. And again, you can add all that information as to you know, why a report re uh, revision was issued. In this case, you wanted to let the physician know that there is a, a newly approved drug uh, for that variant in that cancer type. Um, yeah, so yes, absolutely, you can do that. That's a great question. Thank you. So I think we have time for a couple more questions. Um, I see we have more questions coming in. If you do have any questions, go ahead and put them in the question box. And if we haven't been able to get to them today, we'll follow up with you by email. Okay, so the next question we have is, is the source of annotation reported? For example, the version of ClinVar or other database? Yes, so any, um any external databases or publicly available databases or even paid databases that are used uh, in the uh, in QCI interpret will be uh, will come in with the version information and any other details relevant to that and all that information will be available in the user guide for QCI um, where it you know you can access that information from there. Okay, thank you. I think we have time for one more question. So the last one we have time for today is, is QCI limited to sequencing data from specific sequencing platforms or can any NGS data fit in? Any, almost any NGS data can fit in. It, uh, it's not restricted to any specific uh, sequencing platform. Uh, but if you have, if you're using a system that is not, um, co you know, commonly used, we can, you know, we can talk about it if that's, uh, you know, that's a scenario that you're in. But in general, QCI interpret is accommodative for, you know, any uh, type of sequencing um, solutions. Okay, thank you. 
So we're now at the top of the hour. Um, if you, we didn't get to your questions today, we'll follow up with you by email. I'd like to thank Uma for joining us and giving this presentation. And the presentation was on how to scale up comprehensive genomic profiling and deliver confident variant interpretations. And I would also like to thank you, the audience, for joining us today. And hopefully we'll see you in another webinar soon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm. Bye.